the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The smallest trouble comes up and we think, I'm just undone. God has forgotten me. His, he is armed with vengeance against me. Oh no, look at the cross. God will never stop loving those who look to His Son. And welcome once again to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, who returns us to the book of Romans. We're in chapter 5. It's this amazing chapter. Verses 6 through 8 give us a sneak peek, if you will, into God's wondrous love exhibited. Not just explained, but exhibited. And that's what we're looking at today. Join us if you're looking for some encouragement about God's amazing, faithful love toward you. Join us. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Those of us who are saved, do you remember the hours of guilt, the agitation, the frustration, the attempts to hide it? Liquor, drugs, illicit sex, shady business deals, whatever it was. And how the hour came when the Lord Jesus called you out of your tomb and what mercy he showed to you. Or those of you who have grown up in the church and you took certain truths for granted. And yet the Lord did not forsake you but brought you into the place. Maybe through letting you fall into sin for a while. Or maybe in a period of wandering away or in despair and uncertainty. And yet brought you back to where you esteemed his love and his grace and his mercy as the sweetest thing to you In all of life. There's not a single believer. However godly. However faithful. Does not feel his need to pray with David. In Psalm 119.149. Hear my prayer. According to thy mercy. Not according to my progress. Or according to my success in serving you. The first and last idea of our lives is the our new lives is the love and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. And every child of God, every one of us are going to have to grow in the awareness of our sinfulness and weakness, not to lead us within ourselves, but to lead us out of ourselves so that we will see God's wondrous love revealed in Jesus Christ. So don't kick against the goads. When God in this text tells us to remember how weak and sinful and ungodly we were, thank him for it. For you will never feel his wondrous love until you are also brought to feel your sinfulness and your wretchedness. Now verse 8. And I exegete this verse today, brothers and sisters, not because I think I fully understand it, because I do not. The more I have meditated on this verse over the years and over the last couple of weeks especially, it is an overwhelming line of Scripture. 
but I will do my best to make a stab at it. Trust in God's mercy. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You're not going to be able to understand the height, width, the breadth, the depth, as Paul describes in Ephesians 3, of God's love by going into your mind because the answer is not there. The light is not in there. It's not in your experience either. You will never find it in your feelings. God himself has to come to you and show you that love in one place in the shadow of the cross. God commendeth. The word means to prove. It means to show. It means to establish. God proved his love, showed his love, established his love for us, and that while we were, and here is another character description of us, sinners, those who have missed the mark of his holiness is what the word actually means. It was then that Christ died for us. Then that Christ laid down his life for us. You see, at the cross, Christ showed us how much he does love us. That he is love. Because there's nothing in us that would have moved him to make that display of such love. It was all of him. It came from his own heart. He also showed us that the cross had established beyond any doubt that no matter what happens to us, however great our suffering may be, He loves us and He will never allow us to be separated from His love. Oh, look to the cross. Where were you? Did you make sure at the cross? Jesus, you have to stay on that cross. I'm not going to be saved if you don't stay on that cross. And did God look at you? Did he look at me? Did he look at John? Did he look at Rob and say, now I've got to do this because I'm looking over this crowd and there's really some worth in them. No, it was in God's own incredible heart, which we can't even describe. A heart of mercy and grace to an undeserving enemy, ungodly, weak sinners. That is what he demonstrated at the cross. He demonstrated the power of his love. Do you know that everyone whom God loves will be saved, will be sanctified, and will be secure? He never loses one whom he loves. Jesus said in John 10, no one will ever pluck my sheep out of my hands because they have been given to me in the counsels of eternity. And I have set my love upon them. Now listen, since God loves us, here is the point of the verse. Since God loves us, pathetically weak, ungodly, filthy, corrupt sinners, he will love us always and forever. So how are we going to begin to comprehend something of God's love? By standing with humble hearts in the black valley of our Savior's Son. That's the only way. You are going to have to consider Christ. 
You're going to have to think about those glorious sufferings of the Messiah, not once, not a hundred times, but all your life. Remember how he is viewed in Revelation. He is a lamb, still looking as if he had been slain. The church in eternity will never stop gazing with wonder upon the Son of God who was crucified for us. Do you think of him at all slain for you? Are you continuously reading the Gospels, those sufferings as wonderful as they were, higher than our best thoughts, our warmest emotions? But understand, they are dreadful to behold. At the cross, we witness a shocking transaction. The holy God laying upon his son the full penalty for our transactions, exacting from him the life and the blood that we deserve to be given in hell forever. We witness the most excruciating sacrifice. We witness justice and peace, God's justice, his peace with us, kissing and meeting with such a force that the sun was blotted out. The entire globe shook and the graves vomited out their captives. That was a day beyond any other day when God showed his love for us and gave us his son on the cross for our sins. So we must look up at that cross and we must see the son of God suffering for our transactions and see how he loved us. Now listen. Every moment of his life Read the Gospel of John again about this. The horror of his death was looming before him. And he knew what it was. Yet, like a lamb led to slaughter, he never uttered a word of complaint or regret. When the sword of justice was hanging right in front of him in the garden, that cup of agony, that, that cup of suffering, he Yielded to his father's will. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Before his captors, Herod and Pilate, he was silent. You know why? Because he knew whatever their sentence would be, there was another court proceeding going on in the presence of God. And there he would be condemned on behalf of of sinners like you and I. He was holy beyond anything we can ever imagine. What would you think of me if I was suddenly to proclaim in the midst of hundreds of thousands of people, who of you could convict me of sin? You would probably think it was time to bring out that straight jacket or a pile of stones to throw at me. Well, he stood in front of all of Jerusalem and said, Who of you can convict me of sin? Even though he was holy, he was still numbered with the transgressors. For our transgressions, he was his father's delight. And yet he humbled himself unto death. He, he obeyed his father at every step. And yet he was still made our sin. He did good to everyone. Peter said in Acts 12 that he was about doing good. 
And what did many people who were healed by him do to him? They mocked him while he was on the cross. And they jeered at him and they taunted him. And then when his precious lips that had spoken such beautiful uh, eternal truths were so parched and cracked with his sufferings, what did they give him to drink? They gave him that awful wormwood and gall. Turn with me to Isaiah 50, verses 5 through 7. I want to read of Jesus' love for us here and how through the Lord Jesus Christ our Father has given us permanent witness, demonstration, and proof of his love. This is our Lord Jesus speaking, not the prophet. Isaiah 50, verse 5. The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. It was my spiting that the Holy One received. It was your smiting that the Holy One received. It was my hair, your hair, that deserved to be plucked out by the roots. I deserved to be spit on forever and made ashamed publicly forever in hell before the holy angels for my sins. And yet, here is our Lord Jesus Christ. His heart was set like flint, the flint of joy, of doing the will of his Father, no matter what that meant for him. The flint of his love for his sheep, that having loved them, he loved them to the very end. Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. If you want to know the love of God, and you want to see how God has commended his love for us, you can't go anywhere else. You must look to the crucified Lamb of God and see how he loved us, even to the very end. His ears were open. You see, our ears were shut. We stuck our eyes and our, our, our fingers in our ears. But he heard us bleating in hell forever. Like condemned lambs. So he came to rescue us. He submitted to his Father's will because he knew that our rebellion would land us into the flame that is never quenched and where the worm does not die. Oh, beloved, is your heart melted? Don't just listen to my words. I'm not an orator. I'm not an actor in a drama. Look at the Lamb of God. See God's love poured out in his Holy One. And ask him to melt your heart, not with cheap sentiment, but with mercy, wonder, and awe at the Lamb of God crucified for us. Now, God's love in Christ is the holiest precinct we are permitted to enter as Christians. It is worthy, that is worthy of all your thoughts, all your days, all of your meditations in this wondrous love. But yet, how rarely do we rejoice in it except in some kind of self-serving way. How shallow is our confidence in God's love? 
Listen, the smallest trouble comes up and we think, I'm undone. I'm just undone. God has forgotten me. His, he is armed with vengeance against me. Oh, no, look at the cross. God will never stop loving those who look to his son. You see, there's no sort of justice over your head, child of God. The Lord Jesus Christ took that sort of justice into his own soul. Whatever happens to us all our days, God's love is our shield. His mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our lives. So we should spend our time praising God for his love. Going to work even tomorrow, wanting to see God's name praised in, in, the, in how you work and how we keep our homes as wives and mothers or how we obey our parents. Do you understand, young people, that the reason you are supposed to obey your parents is not because your parents told you to. It is because of the love of God in Christ that has freed you from rebellion. So that you can literally overlook your parents' faults and their inconsistencies. And know that my Savior loves me. God loves me. And he laid all of my filth on his son. So, of course, my desire is to love him and to obey. We need to be speaking of God's love. When we sin, what do we do? Oh, no. Let me go do some good things and try to make up for what I've done. Oh, beloved, you cannot make up for what you have done. So get over it. You will never be able to make up for one bad thing. One bad thing you have ever done. You have to turn right back to God's love. You have to run right back to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is his perfect sacrifice that is our justification and that keeps the throne of God a throne of grace for us. His love, if we would cast ourselves upon it more, love it more, it would inspire us to greater faithfulness, to sacrifice more for others, to love our wives, to submit to our husbands, to obey our parents to do our best work at our employment, to love one another, serve without question, without complaint. Like David Livingston, we would have to say, in the light of what Jesus has done for me, I have really never made a sacrifice. He never made one. Because you see, life for the Christian is not drudgery. It's not sacrifice. Life for the Christian is not like I've got this pack of guilt on my back and I've just got to carry it around all the time. No, life for us is one of covenant privilege and grace and adoption and forgiveness. Why? Because the Son of God laid down His life for us and He proved His love for us at the cross. So let me encourage you daily to sing and rejoice. Has anyone in our jaundiced age heard you, heard me talking of God's love to this poor sinner? Well, we ought to be reclaiming it, be proclaiming it from the housetops. Though I was weak, though I was ungodly, though I was an enemy of God, he came down as love 
And he saved me. I don't know about you, but I'll never be able to get over that. It colors everything I do. It colors the way I talk. The way I dress. How I treat others. What books I read. What do I allow my eyes to gaze upon? It colors everything. How is it that a holy God could love a wretch like me? Every single one of us who knows the Lord, we have the exact same testimony. In the church today, so filled with immaturity as we are, we look for the dramatic We look for the famous athlete or some big entertainment star and their stirring testimony. But it is our testimony. We were sinful, ungodly rebels, and God in his love crucified his only son for us. You say, Pastor, yeah, but I heard that when I was younger in Sunday school. Don't you have something better to tell me? No, I I do not. Won't you have something better next Sunday? No, I will not. Didn't Paul have something better to tell the churches? No, he did not. He said, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ. And him crucified and raised from the dead. Do you know why we have lost our place and our nation and the churches in this land? It is because we got too prideful, too arrogant to talk about the love of God to poor sinners. Why is that? Well, I think it's because it puts us in a bad light before the world, doesn't it? If you are really going to talk about the gospel, what else do you have to talk about? I'm wretched. Oh, but I'm not wretched. I mean, look at my car. Look at my house. Look at all my things. Look at my healthy body. I'm not wretched. But over decades now, God has judged us for such an attitude because we've lost our first love and now we cling to government and conservatism to try and Preserve some semblance of morality. Listen, the only way to get national morality back is to bring the church back to humility, to be humble before the cross of Christ, and then God will take care. But until then, it's not going to happen. Nothing we do will change anything until we are humbled. Okay, please, I'm not saying don't do anything. We've, we've got to stick our fingers in the dike and fight against evil wherever it sticks up its ugly head. We have got to do what we can and pray that God will work mightily. But you will need, beloved, to understand the reality. The reality is what is going on politically has nothing to do with Americans per se. It has to do with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because we are not humbled. We have not confessed Christ's love. We have been prideful. 
Our testimony is not any longer what Jesus told the man when he cast out all the demons. Do you remember? Go out and tell everyone how smart you are. No, go out and tell everyone how worthy we are for him to cast all these devils out. No. He said, go home to your friends and your family and tell them that God had compassion on you. We don't like to hear about compassion because compassion means I'm needy. Verse 6. Compassion means I need God's pity. I'm a sinner. Verse 7. Oh, that really makes me low. Verse 8. Beloved, this is the gospel. Let us be humble before the Lord. Let us always seek His mercy. And let us daily rejoice in His love. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org. And if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org. Or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.